Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Connecting faith to life. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. I guess at a time there, I kind of struggled with God and wrestled with God over it because I was like, God, what is going on? Like, I thought this was going to be amazing. I was going to have a brand new baby brother. And and I got a bit down and out with God. And I was like, oh, you know, are you even there? Do you even care? Why would you let this happen to him? But now I look back and I know that he was there the whole time. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, it's so encouraging to hear a young person on fire for the Lord and hungry to serve Him. And Hannah Whitehead certainly matches that description. But what's even more remarkable is to hear some of the challenges she's gone through and how God has helped her to be where she is today. Hannah is chatting and sharing her story with Shelley Scowen. You're not super duper young. You are 22, but you've crammed a fair bit into those 22 years. Yes. We're going to hear some of that story in just a sec. Uh, you, let's start from the beginning. You are one of six kids. Where do you come in the six? Um, so I'm the second oldest of six, and my older brother, he is a year older than me, and then they range right through the years down to my youngest brother's six. Wow. Okay. So your parents have got their hands pretty full dealing with, you know, the upper end of teenagerhood and then right down to little Charlie, who's just started school and things uh, this year. And he's come with his own challenges as well. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that soon. But your parents have had their own journey to Christianity over the years. And uh, I guess that's had an interesting impact on you, hasn't it? Yeah, it definitely has. My parents have had a pretty interesting journey to get to know God, particularly my mum. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. tell us the story. Um, well, mum, um, as a child, went through some abuse and different things, um, which I guess for her meant she she was a Christian and she, like, she grew up in a Catholic family, but for her, she didn't really know what a relationship with God was like. And I think she was afraid to trust anyone. And so um, she went through a stage where she went into like self-harm and through lots of different things like... Um, she had bipolar at the time, so she'd she'd have times of depression and self harm and different things like that. So, yeah, yeah, okay. So she's had you know quite a uh, turbulent time, I guess, and a lot of that was in the time that you had been born. So you watched her go through a lot of that, and I guess you know, did you understand any of it when you were a baby? When I was really little, I don't think I understood it all. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, and they were really great. And my dad, I mean, he worked full-time, but he put a lot of time into helping us. And mum really did care as well, but she was going through a lot of her own challenges. Mm. Um, but I I think mostly for me, I as a kid, I found other things, and I just didn't really – it kind of went over my head a little. I wasn't really used to it, like really understood what was really going on. Mm. Um, different things would happen. I just thought – we were a bit unlucky or something like that. I didn't really know that mum was actually unwell and that's why a lot of things were happening. So That's probably a good thing then, really, that you were sheltered from all of that. Yeah, I kind of didn't at first, like as a young child, I didn't really realise what was happening and then I also did a lot of gymnastics when I kind of got through those first school years and so I guess that kind of was guess something to get me away from it. I kind of spent a lot of time at gym and then, yeah, it protected me a bit from seeing it all. Yeah, and it became your outlet as well in, yeah. in later years as well, your escape, I guess. So at what point did you find out all of this? So that that had hit you like a ton of bricks, wouldn't it? 
Well, I think over time I did, I got to know it and it became more usual. And mum and dad explained it to me as I kind of went through it as mm-hmm. a kid. Um, but it probably didn't hit me till I was about 14 or 15, maybe even a little early, about 13, um, when I first realized the extent of what was actually happening and why it was happening. Because before that, I just thought mum was unwell, but then I realized what was going on and how serious it could be at times. And so that's when it, I guess, hit me and I got upset and things like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and it would. I mean, especially as a young teenager, you're just starting to discover the world and your place in it and everything. You've got enough going on in your life as it is, uh, let alone all of this stuff kind of being revealed to you as well. And it's really only been in the last few years that your mum has truly, you know, given her heart to God and that a lot of these things have started to be, you know, clearing up and, and getting better, hey? Yeah, so um, mum... Um, probably, I can't even think of exactly the point, um, how long ago it was, but, um, oh, it would have been about maybe five years ago now, um, that she decided to give her life to Christ. But it was a bit of a journey before that as well, where I became a Christian earlier on. And then it was a bit of a journey for our whole family coming to know Christ. And my brother also, he gave his life to God a bit more before me as well. So yeah, it kind of all can linked up together. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a beautiful testimony really of you and your brother, I guess, taking leadership in that way. Did you have a hand in, I guess, witnessing to your parents? Well, I think um, what happened mostly was that my brother, um, he became a Christian and asked Jesus into his heart on the same beach mission that we'd gone just with kids at. So we'd gone along to a kids program, teenage program at while we're on holidays up the coast. And it was at that that my brother accepted Jesus into his heart. And then I also simultaneously, a couple of days later, did as well. And we both went to mum and dad without knowing that each other had gone to them, saying, we want to go to this church um, that some friends of ours had gone to. And we'd grown up in a Catholic family. um, But mum and dad knew that um, it was important and that they like they believed that there was a God. So they were like, well, you know, if our kids want to go to church, this is much better than anything else they could want to do, so let's take them. Yeah. And it was through um, our church, Bridgman, that they kind of became Christians and they got, you know, people kind of just took us in and as a part of the family and then it kind of went from there and people supported mum and dad and dad became a Christian, mum became a Christian. And, I mean, mum was living the life for a while, like, you know, in the church and things like that for a while first before she really got to the point where she was ready to accept Jesus for herself. Mm. So, Okay. So for you then, your discipleship really came through the church, would that be right, through the people in the church? Yeah, so um, there was some key people in the church who had kind of taken me on board when – we were at the beach mission and they'd invited me back. And then it was through those people um, in particular that really they discipled me and they got me involved in going to switch like a youth group there. And that just really made a huge impact in my life. And I do love that you're giving back now. You've gone to do uh, lots of missions, one of those being beach missions and uh, seeing some great fruit from that as well. I guess another of the big uh, challenges that you've faced, you've, you're one of six kids, but your youngest brother has some fairly serious medical conditions, doesn't he? Yeah, he um, was born, well, at first they didn't really know that there was much going on. Like they thought he had Down syndrome when he was in mum's stomach, but then mum had to have an amnio just before he was born and it came back like as not happening and we were so confused because we'd always thought he would be. And then Mm. um, it turns out he was born and um, a few months later got really unwell and he has um, no ability to make an immune system. So basically... I can't remember whether it's the T or B cells, but one of those um, means that he can't actually create the antibodies to maintain an immune system. He was also born with like a two millimeter airway. So um, 
if you think about that, that's pretty small. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, and so um, no immune system and a two millimeter airway didn't work so well on a brand new born baby. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so he had uh, lots of time in hospital then? Yeah, in his first year, I think um, it was over 100 nights he spent in the hospital in just his first year. And it was a ridiculous, I can't remember exactly, but it was at least like 20 to 30 Code 1 ambulance trips in that year as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Ambos know where your house is. Yes. Uh, but, but he's obviously here, he's still with us, and he's absolutely thriving and, and absolutely much loved member of your family he just had his first day at school uh, the other day uh, but he does still have some challenges doesn't he yeah um so he ha- i mean people the doctors had said to us when he was first born that someone with what charlie had shouldn't have lived a day let alone um i mean he's six now he's just turned six um earlier in the month and wow. that's pretty amazing and um, like you said, he started prep. He's doing a part-time placement, so not completely at school, but mm. a part-time placement, which is amazing because, you know, it's something we never thought he would do. Yeah, it's yeah. so good to see him out and about and with the other people. And I understand your mum's training is actually pretty much, like she's spent 10 years looking after kids basically with what he's got. Yeah, probably even longer, but specifically she was working as an autism, like parent advisor and things like that for ages and at special schools. That was what she was trained in. So God kind of... I guess that was a God moment that God mm. had to organise that and work that out before giving her Charlie. I yeah. guess you couldn't have asked for someone, a, a kid better for my mum than Charlie. <laughs> yeah, and vice versa, a, a better parent for Charlie than your mum as well. Yeah. Uh, it's really awesome. So how has that all affected you? I mean, someone like that needs a lot of attention from your mum and dad and probably particularly your mum, and that attention is then taken away from you and the other four siblings. Um, yeah, so when Charlie was born... Um, it was pretty tricky because Ollie was only four, so he's just going into like his kindy year just before school. And mum um, was obviously with Charlie all the time. I think there was one night dad tried to go to the hospital with Charlie, but mum couldn't be away from him that long. And so they swapped back over. But um, I guess I spent a lot of time with Ollie in those years. And it was my year 12 year, which was a bit hectic as well. So, <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, at times it was pretty hard and I guess at a time there I kind of um, struggled with God and wrestled with God over it because I was like God what is going on like I p- thought this was going to be amazing I was going to have a brand new baby brother and yeah. but I found myself you know trying to help mum and dad with Ollie um, I mean Charlie as well but mostly with Ollie and Jesse wasn't too old then either so he's um, oh, what would he be he's maybe 10 at the time and so yeah it was very tricky because they were so young still. Dad was trying to work full time. Jack was going to uni. Bridget was starting year eight. So it was just a bit of a hectic time for us. And I was like, God, what are you doing? And I got a bit down and out mm-hmm. with God. And I was like, oh, you know, are you even there? Do you even care? Why would you let this happen to him? But now I look back and I know that he was there the whole time. And Charlie is just a miracle. And it's just so many people like he shouldn't be here, but he is. And that's because of God. So, Mm. yeah. And he's fearfully and wonderfully made. He is. He's the most joyful thing. Like on his birthday, um, it's amazing to see how much the little things matter. Like he would, we sung him happy birthday, like probably 30 times on his birthday because that was his favorite part. He loves clapping. That's like his thing that he's obsessed with. He just loves clapping and singing and dancing. And so, you sing him happy birthday and it was just like so amazing to see something can make a kid so joyful. Yeah. <laughs> it's the little things, isn't it? Yeah. 
Well, you've got a lot of passions in life, uh, one of those being your family, but another of those is one you mentioned earlier is gymnastics. And for you, it has been a bit of an escape for you in some ways, but it's obviously something you're very gifted at too. What has gymnastics meant to you over the years? Um, I guess having a sport in my life has been, I guess I'm a very active person and so I love um, having something like that. So for me as a kid, it was a really good escape. And I also um, guess I found a lot of love and support from people around me there as a kid. Um, my coach, one particularly, and, and a few others um, were just really supportive of me and they helped me get through all this and they always cared for me and would go out of their way to make sure that I was looked after. Um, they teach me the lessons I needed to learn, like to use my manners <laughs> and um, not to be a, I'm a very talkative person, so not to talk over the top of others and, you know, yeah. to learn to listen. So I, I learned a lot there. I was actually at the point where I was nearly um, going to repeat grade one um, because I was just struggling with school at the bottom of the class and mum and dad were nearly at the point of repeating me. I started gym and I actually started doing lots and lots of hours to the point where I was like doing probably 16 to 20 hours a week. I was going over to like um, Chandler for a bit doing stuff there and I went from failing the class to near the top and I didn't have to repeat because I guess I had somewhere that I just felt like was where I needed to be. Wow. That's amazing. And you've obviously gone on now to keep doing gymnastics. You're sitting here in your gymnastics staff shirts. <laughs> you can't yes. get away from the place, can you? No, I can't. So um, I went on and I got, I kind of stopped for a while. Once I was 13, I stopped for a while. We moved house and there was a lot of things that happened um, through that time. And so I stopped for a while. My sister went to go back and at the time I was in year 11 and mum kind of just said to the people that she was going to book him at, her in this other gym, Oh, they said, oh, we need coaches. And mum's like, well, my older daughter's old enough to do that. So she kind of signed me up for a job and <laughs> I got, Thanks, got home from school and I had a job. And so I went along and I started learning to coach and I just fell in love with it because I love kids and I love, um, I guess that's my passion. One of my biggest passions is kids in particular and working with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just loved it straight away. And now um, I went to uni and studied psychology, but it just didn't feel that's where God wanted me and wanted to go into teaching and kind of close the door there. But gymnastics is something and coaching gymnastics is something I've fallen in love with and that's what I do full-time now it's my full-time job and career so I work a bit in management and stuff there but I love it wow that's awesome and it really is a, a great opportunity to have an impact like you say your coaches had a big impact on you and you can continue to impact the next generation then yeah definitely I think um, for me that's probably why I do it mostly is because I can impact other kids lives and be a part of it for them You're listening to the story. Today, Hannah Whitehead is sharing her journey with Shelley Scowen. Next, we'll find out about her overseas mission trip and her plans for the future. That and more when we return. The story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen chatting with Hannah Whitehead, who, as a young adult, is on fire for the Lord and eager to see what God has in store for her. We've been hearing about, uh, I guess, some of your adventures later on in life and your passion for gymnastics, which uh, you're still involved with. You're also really heavily involved at your church as well. You have such a passion for kids, don't you? 
Yeah, I love working with kids. So um, I guess I'm involved in quite a few ministries there. So some of my favorites, like some of the ones I love doing is we have like a Friday night kids program. And so I go along and help out with that every second Friday night. And then also I'm involved with the Sunday school and things like that. But um, one of my most favorite ones is I actually have a girls group for girls in grade five and six. And we just do a bit of a Bible study and, you know, um, get together and talk life and just, yeah, it's just awesome to be able to see what they're going through, you know, pray with them through struggles and teach them how to, you know, ask God for help in their moments that they struggle with. So that's awesome. So how old are these girls? Um, so yeah, grade five and grade six. So, and also some grade fours come because they really want to come because their big <laughs> brothers and sisters come and they have been hanging out. So we've let a few younger ones in, but mostly grade five and six. So I'm not sure what that so was. So around be. 10, 10, 11. Thereabouts. Yeah. 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 Which is a really interesting age for girls. Um, well, I guess for kids in general anyway, as they're you know, starting to get into that teenager kind of vibe and they're discovering more about the world. And I just think it, I really wish I had have had something like that for myself growing up. There should be more of it. Yeah, which is, I guess for me, I was always, um, I always wished I had something like that at that age as well. So mm. I had a real passion to see kids in particular. My heart is for kids. I love youth and everything like that. I do like teen street and stuff with them and I love that, but it's particularly the younger kids for me and girls around that age. I find, yeah, I just find that they need, that chance to chat and they're kind of at that point where they're getting that bit older and they start to understand life and understand the things that are happening around them and they, I think they just need support in that time so I love and a role it. model uh, the likes of yourself that I mean you're not like old enough to be their parent but you're <laughs> kind of somewhere in between and that's the really nice thing yeah and for me um my journey to God was really impacted by people who were obviously same as you just said not old enough to be my parents but somewhere in between and they really really impacted my life and for me I looked up to them so much and that's what helped me to come to the point where I wanted God in my life because I could see God in this so yeah I guess I want to be that in these kids lives Mm. so you started this group then um yeah my friend and I we um prayed about it for a while and we both came like we were separately like didn't realize each other wanted to do something like this and we kind of realized that that's what we wanted to do so we decided yep why not start it (laughs) So a decent chunk of your waking hours is spent mentoring children. Yes. <laughs> I spend a lot of time with kids. Probably I act like a big one a lot of the time. <laughs> it's really awesome, though, and I think you've identified the need, that there certainly is that need for good role models, and, and God's given you that passion, and you're really running with it, which I think is awesome. You've also been involved in missions work as well. Tell us about the missions you've been involved in. Yeah, so probably my first mission was a beach mission, because that's for me, um, God used that so much in my life to get me connected into church and to get to know him. And so um, I really have a big heart for that as well. I think it's really important. And yeah, just to, again, I just love working with kids. So um, yeah, beach mission is something I've done from year to year. I didn't get the chance to do it this year just um, because of some different things and the teams were a bit hard to get together. But Did um, you miss it? Yes, <laughs> I did. Uh, it was weird having free time at Christmas and a few <laughs> weeks to do nothing but surf, but that was okay. <laughs> Except that you came away with a massive injury Just from your bruise. <laughs> it is a huge bruise. I think yeah. you would have been safer on beach mission. <laughs> yeah, but um, so yeah, beach mission, probably my first kind of mission I did and then when I just finished school I went out um, with a team from my church to do like it was with Aboriginal kids it was an Aboriginal Christian conference and um, we went up to Mariba and we worked with the kids there and hung out with them while the parents were at a conference and so we taught them about God and that kind of thing awesome um, but probably my biggest trip was I went 
I'd, I've never been overseas before this point and I'd never um, left Australia. I'd never done anything like it. But my friend from church had been involved with OM and they were missionaries overseas doing a, a ministry where they had a conference in Rome um, called Transform. And then you go from there and you go out into different areas of the Mediterranean to do ministry. And so he'd mentioned to me that there was um, – I'd been talking about mission and I chatted with him and he's like, well, you know, we've got opportunities to kids ministry there because that's my heart. And so I prayed about it and God just kept putting it on my heart. And so many other mission trips, I'd prayed about going to a toad. I prayed about going to all these other places because I have a heart for mission, but just nothing had felt right. And then this just stuck in my heart and I didn't think it was going to work out because of work, but I spoke to my boss. It was just amazing. Like she was really keen to support me in going like, as in she just was like, yeah, we'll, Anything we can do to try and make it easy for you to like have that time off is great. It fitted right between comp season with my girls. It was yeah. just perfect. So um, it was like God ordained it. Everything fell together and I was a bit scared. <laughs> As you would be. Yeah. I think you're, you're scared just leaving the country <laughs> yeah, for the first time. Never left Australia. And yeah. it turned out that there was no one else to travel with either. So I actually went all on my own. <laughs> no way. That is scary. And I'm a pretty extroverted like people person so I don't do that much on my own usually so (laughs) the poor person sitting next to you on the flight actually I think they were both um people who my friends at work made a joke about that and they're actually both (laughs) people from like different countries who didn't speak English (laughs) I actually had to read books which is weird for me because I don't do that but God actually really impacted me through one of the books I read on my way over so there you go (laughs) he had a plan and a purpose even in that Uh, so tell us what what was the trip like how did that impact you it was amazing. I really felt God um, just showing me more of what he has in store for me in my life. So I went over and we went to Albania. Um, most people haven't heard of Albania. It's a little country above Greece in the Mediterranean just across from Rome. And it was actually a communist country until like 1991. And people there yeah, were told there was no God in Albania. It was really their thing. And there was a fall of that like in 1991. And so a lot of people there just don't have like or haven't known the freedom to know Jesus and to know God um and so I went over and we worked with kids in this um the Roma kids they're like gypsy kids I guess it's probably the like the like the gypsy poor people of the country and they're very Mm. segregated from the other people but we worked with the kids there and taught them about God and did puppets with them and I guess I got to even use my gym skills like teaching them cartwheels and we played with parachutes and it was just amazing that's so so much fun, I guess, for you as well. But uh, to see the difference that you can make in those kids' lives, uh, you you won't know really the difference that you've made until you get to heaven. Yeah, no, and it was, I guess, it was just for me. I felt like God grew me so much through the trip. I had to learn to trust Him. Most people, when they go on missions trips, and certainly the first one or two that they do, they realize that probably the impact was more on them than on the people that they went to minister to. Would you agree that that's Absolutely. I think that's so true because for me, um, I went over there and I guess I felt at times like I love working and coaching and I love that, but I felt like God put on my heart to go into missions at some point in my life. Um, and so um, I guess in my head now I know and I kind of feel like God has asked me to go into missions maybe longer term in the future. So that's something I've definitely got in my mind and something that I'd like to do in the future mm. um, because I feel like that's why he's gifted me. He's gifted me with kids, um, I guess, for a reason and for a purpose. And so, yeah. 
I think that's the big question now that we're all just going, oh, what's God got in store for Hannah? (laughs) Your story is just beginning. And and I guess that's why I wanted to get you in today, uh, because we talk to a lot of people who have been there and done that. They've been through all these amazing experiences and now they've got the testimony to, you know, give glory to God, which is wonderful. It's amazing. I love hearing those stories. But I think it's great to hear the stories of young people who have already done some great things and really your story is just beginning and you're waiting to hear from God, you know, what's the next step? Where are you going to take me? And will I end up in overseas missions? Will I stay in gymnastics? Will I keep ministering to generations and generations of kids in gymnastics? Oh, the questions (laughs) of being a (laughs) 22-year-old. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit like, come on, just tell me already. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I guess that's part of learning and growing is God wants you to wait on him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And all will be revealed in his timing. And um, I'm sure there's lots of surprises and great things in store for you. Yes. (laughs) That was Shelley Scowen chatting with the very passionate Hannah Whitehead about how God has been working in her life and what he might have in store for her in the future, as her story is only just beginning. The Bible tells us, in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. That's good news for Hannah and for us all. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.